Did you hear the news? MetroPCS is now Metro by T-Mobile. Now you get new plans with unlimited high-speed data all month long. All on the T-Mobile network. Check out the new Metro by T-Mobile today and discover the smarter way to get unlimited. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. During congestion, the fraction of customers using greater than 35 gigs per month may notice reduced speeds. And Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video streams at 4DP. Coverage not available in some areas. See store for details and terms and conditions. Hey, podcast listeners. This is your humble host, Michael Smalley. And I just wanted to take a moment of your time before the show gets going to remind you about our online membership. It is an incredible resource to help you build a better relationship where we have taken all of our best video series and converted them into online courses. You can check out how to become a member at smalleyinstitute.com. I have never liked, dare I say, I have hated the phrase. And my wife, totally back. I'm. She probably hates this phrase even more than I do. And you all have heard it. Happy wife, happy life. It's offensive to my modern sense of relationships and the roles men and women play when it comes to having a healthy marriage. <sighs> but apparently... I was totally wrong to hate this. Oh, I want this show to be helpful. And so when I find research, I got to share it with the folks because there are some new research findings and they're starting to prove that this antiquated statement, well, I guess maybe now I'm the antiquated one because it's actually quite accurate. That is what we're going to discuss. Coming up next on Smalley Marriage Radio, I am your host, Michael Smalley, along with my co-host who never has speech impediments of any kind. Seth Johnson. All right, I know. That's untrue. Hey, you try to use the word antiquated several times and then say other words around it. (laughs) No. Things are going to get slurred. Antiquated. Antiquated. Several words around it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm sorry. I mean, you definitely... Do the lion's share of speaking, so you're gonna have more slip up. I have than my myself. moments, and, and I, I have more time to think about the words and phrasing I'm going to use. I know, and I totally went off script too. You did because I do script out the intros, mm-hmm. but I wanted to liven it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just but then when a I little do flavor that, in there, yeah. But when that happens, <laughs> I then get confused, and then my words start get to jumble. Together. Yeah, you but you've heard that, right? Happy wife, happy life. Oh, Does it yeah. offend you like it offends no, me? not at all. Really? <laughs> no. Oh, that kind of surprises me. Shauna and I, like, use that. How do you use that? We, I mean, we agree with it. <laughs> we have, we're, <laughs> we're like, like, it's not a, we're like, it's not a tool. We're like, well, it is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> a metaphorical tool. Yeah. <laughs> happy wife, happy An life. An antiquated metaphorical tool? I yeah. don't. Hey, well I done. I said it. Yeah, not, not antiquated, apparently. I don't know why... I'm really taken aback. I'm aghast oh. that you're not, that doesn't offend you at all. No, why? Happy, happy wife, happy life says, it is always said to me that just make sure your wife is happy, then everything's good. Does, you know, your only job in a marriage is to make the wife happy. Mm, see, you, you and I take a different 
definition and approach really? to that. Yeah. Okay. So I how hear, did, when you hear it, this yeah, is good. Happy wife, happy life. Uh, I think of like if I'm going to serve, if I serve my wife and give her the most joy, I will receive the most joy as well. So and if you take a biblical stance on that of of service, I think it's true as well. You disgust me. <laughs> Th- thank you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to. You how know to what's react. funny is I think what you've made me realize live mm-hmm. while oh. recording the show. Okay. That I think my wife and I allowed negative beliefs about that statement to, you know, yeah, make the statement bad. Interesting. I hadn't thought of it ever in a positive way. Yeah. Didn't ever occur to me that I could, even though I teach people this all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you just didn't apply it to this statement. No, I didn't. No, clearly, because I'm telling you, we, we would, like, get worked up. Be, you know, happy wife, happy life. We'd be like, <laughs> But I'm summarizing. And, and what we'll talk about later in the show mm-hmm. is that it's not reversed. It's not. The other that way. almost bothers me even more. But it's true. <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> so that's why we're giving it to the folks today. Yeah. So this is all based on an, another an article, right? Yeah. Because you like to read the articles. I do read Which the articles. Which is great. You're staying, you know, learned. Hey, not only am I staying learned, I am willing to let my beliefs about the world be challenged. Hey, that's great. Really, this should be a show about how amazing I am. <laughs> <laughs> really, isn't that every show? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> So, yes, I was on uh, this really great website, and I, w- I, was looking, <laughs> I was looking at the URL in the notes. I'm like, of course they abbreviate it, because <laughs> I can't think of what the name is. Family Studies? Something like that. Institute for Family Studies. That one. Yeah, the Institute for Family Studies. <laughs> the abbreviation is IF Studies. Yes. And I'm like, if I don't know what that means. <laughs> But they had an article by Harry Benson, Should Couples in Unhappy Marriages Stay Together? Mm-hmm. Now, there's kind of two things in the show that our listeners are going to get. Okay. Because the first one is the answer, should you stay in an unhappy marriage? And then the second one, we're going to address what the research has been showing about happy wife, happy life. Okay. So let's deal with the first one. Yes. First. Yes. <laughs> we'll we'll handle, them, handle them in order. I stumbled. That, See, there you, you go. Stumbled. Was, See, I'm not the only you. one. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so, all right. To to address this first question, and we kind of talked about this before, but good old Harry Benson with a few other researchers were doing some meta analysis. Do you know what meta analysis is? Don't um, ever make fun of my speech impediment again. They study the meta. <laughs> Well, like sometimes you people, researchers or entities collect mass amounts of data mm-hmm. and they're asking like survey like kind of just data. Right. And then really smart people can go back through that and decipher information from the answers by comparing different answers. Uh, and- so they're like extrapolating um, different Theories, in, information than what was originally targeted from the questions. Exactly. Okay. And you can do that. It's a totally valid thing to do mm-hmm. and a legitimate thing. Really smart research gets done in that kind of way. Yeah. That's not why I've never done it. Yeah. But 
So what my point is, they didn't necessarily do a specific study on should you stay married, Mm -hmm. but there are ones out there. And we've talked about this before, how there's a big study done at the University of Chicago where they just follow couples for five years, and they found that those who were unhappy at the beginning, day one of the study, Mm -hmm. who were unhappy together, right? if they stayed together five years later, they actually reported being happy. Really? Yeah. And then the ones at the beginning of the study who were unhappy but then divorced were Mm -hmm. just as unhappy five years later. Interesting. I know. And so they, when they did this meta-analysis, and we have a nice little graph on this on this podcast post, which is titled, Dang, It's True, Happy Wife, Happy Life. <laughs> so what they found is that almost 70% of unhappy couples who stayed together, right, didn't divorce, mm-hmm. when their child was about 11 so years later reported 70 percent of them reported being happy so it's kind of finding the same stuff that other study out of chicago found and so to answer it just quickly yes yeah stay in your marriage (laughs) it because what happens look here's the truth about divorce and this is all research you can't even argue this divorce makes everything worse Everything, everything that really matters to your children's lives, your own life, all of it gets worse and more difficult post the divorce. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's just for the vast majority of divorces that occur that don't need to occur. Right. Do you get the difference? Yeah. So like if you're in an abusive relationship Mm -hmm. or someone's trying to kill you, yes. Right. There's always caveats and extremes. But those are extremes. Mm -hmm. That's not the majority. And so for the majority of you, Sometimes just hanging on, things happen in life. You meet someone, you you meet like a mentor couple, or you get involved in a small group at church, or you go to a seminar, or you come to an intense, you know, things happen, and Mm -hmm. you see a book. I mean, God uses all sorts of stuff to kind of awaken you. And that's what I loved about this article, which we have a link to it, because Harry Benson, I like authenticity, right? So it was surprising to me to come across an article that started off so authentic, because he basically talked, I think he was like 23 years ago, he found a letter, uh, uh, his wife had written him a note, and it was not what you would say a good note. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like, hey, I'm in love with you, and I'm so happy I married you. It was more, and this is actually one of the lines in his article, is she said in her note, what I really want is a friend, she wrote. Will I ever get it? Who knows? And then she wrote in all caps, who cares? And it was that who cares that got that got uh, Mr. Harry Benson. Mm-hmm. That's what got his attention. And that is scary, right? If you hear your spouse go, I don't even care anymore, what you're, what you're hearing is apathy. Yeah. And we've talked about that. Apathy mm-hmm. is actually the opposite of love. Hate is not the hate many times <laughs> says you love something very much. You're just angry because it's not going the way you want it to go. Right. It's apathy that is really the the antithesis. Oh, well done. Love. Yeah. So apathy says, I don't care anymore. Right. And that scared him. And what he started to realize is that I need to be a better husband. Yeah. I need to do things. I need to start learning how. You know, we just did a show, right, on thoughtfulness. And he was probably at that time not being very thoughtful. Well, 
The that, show is that probably show, coming up. That show is going to air after the show. Right. <laughs> so tune in next week. Yeah. <laughs> well, you do because that's one of the things that you can do mm-hmm. to turn your relationship around. Yeah. See how we saved that? <laughs> well done. Kind of. <laughs> so so in essence, what, what this guy has discovered, and they did a huge meta-analysis of over, I think, 10,000 people that were surveyed. Just a few. Yeah. So this is stuff that you can really rely on is – what they found is the vast majority of people who stick it out end up becoming happy. So if you're in one of those relationships where you're dissatisfied or unhappy, I'm just telling you, the last thing you want to do is quit on it. What you really want to do is start behaving in a way that leads to happiness, right? I have that thing that I think should be a super popular like image with the text over it on Pinterest. You know what I'm talking about? I have an axiom. In, I have a quote. It's my own. I think and, we've talked about it before. Yeah. You can never find happiness. You have to be happy. That is a very important philosophy in life. Be the happiness? Be that. Be the happiness. Oh, we just came up with a new t-shirt. <laughs> be the happiness. But you want to be the kind of spouse that you wish you had. Yeah. You want to right. be healthy and you want to be active. And I, man, I get so frustrated with couples because they, it's like, you know, that Eros kind of love, that romantic kind of feeling that we all get when we first meet our future spouse and mm-hmm. it's exciting and it's new and, and it is easy. It's very easy. But then you get married and it becomes difficult because now you're kind of stuck with this person legally. And then you start having kids. That's a disaster decision. <laughs> And so thing life gets more difficult and then couples don't believe that they need to do the work necessary to be happy together. Like we think we should just naturally like when we fell in love, right. That's what I want again. But my my pushback constantly is wait a minute, what in life ever is, you know, easy, worth having is easy to achieve. Right. Nothing. But also think about it whenever, you know, during that first like romantic in love session uh, or section of your life when either you are just dating or just engaged or just married, uh, you know, we look at those w- with rose-colored lenses because there was a lot of work involved. I know, like, on my end, there was work of, like, I'm putting my best foot forward all the time. Yeah. I'm I'm looking for ways to surprise and delight Shauna. I was dressing nicely. Yeah, I bathed regularly. Yeah, put on <laughs> deodorant. So there was actually a lot of work that went on but then when we move past that, we look back and don't remember that. Oh, yeah, like I was actually being proactive. Yeah, we kind of trick ourselves in believing it was just so easy and so natural. Why can't we go back? Why would you want to? Because I, in my personal opinion, conflict and difficulty breeds intimacy, right? I mean, the, the person you're really most close to on this planet is going to be the one you've been through the most with. Mm-hmm. Difficulties, hard times. And... Unfortunately, for many people, when it's difficult, they want to quit. Mm-hmm. But what they find out is the next one is even more difficult, so even more people quit. And then the next one is even more difficult. Right. And it's why the divorce rate keeps increasing by the number of times you've been married. So divorce is never a solution. It's a yeah. bad idea. It makes everything more difficult. And the truth is, many times, if you just hang in there and then start changing yourself, Things tend to get better. Mm-hmm. Shock. 
what? But, you know, going to the research, and this is, you know, it makes me sad. But what they found in this big meta-analysis is that, yeah. You just looked like a sad puppy just then. Because my, you know, I had a very strong belief about the statement. <laughs> I have to go do a 180. I got to do a 360 on this belief. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Get to go right back to what I believed before. No, I got to do a 180 on it because what they found is that for men, if their wives were satisfied, that absolutely impacted the level of satisfaction they personally felt in the marriage. Okay. So happy yeah. wife, happy life. So that's making sense. But the opposite was not necessarily an indicator. So for a wife, if the husband was happy, didn't necessarily mean she was also going to be happy in the relationship. Why do you think that is? My guess, which I hope is a semi-educated guess, but because I'm thinking about that right now, and I think sometimes a man might be, maybe the average guy, could be like hanging out with the dudes, going hunting, doing all the things, and maybe his wife is an avoider, mm-hmm. and she's not really able to express or is not she's more shutting down and not necessarily expressing that hey i'm not very happy but he's doing all the things that he loves and therefore he feel i think men and when you do the research and the differences of men's brains and women's brains uh men are a lot more compartmentalized right Right. there's like some guy mark gunger or something like that he's a pastor laugh your way to a better marriage and he does you know he did the book uh Men are like waffles. Waffles, spaghetti. Women are like yeah. spaghetti. So women tend to be far more intertwined with all the things around them. So mm-hmm. if their relationship is off, it kind of affects everything. Where most men can compartmentalize that. So maybe yeah. they're even aware that, well, my marriage is great, but this is great. This is great. My job's great. Hunting great. My guy friends are great. So they're happy. Yeah. But then their mm-hmm. wife isn't. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And so even what this guy, Harry... Uh, I don't like his name. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. I feel uncomfortable every time I have to say Harry. Should we, like, email him? I'm just saying, don't name your sons Harry. It's Harry. <laughs> Harry. I think it probably has to do with my radical neurotic disdain for hair. Like mm-hmm. hair in the sink, oh. hair in the shower. It just grosses me out. So when I say Harry, that's what I'm thinking about. My beard hair on your com- on your computer. Okay, <laughs> never say that again. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm not even going to tell people what just happened in studio. Because, yeah. Oh. So I, I apologize. This guy is very smart. Yes. So I will just go with his uh, last name, which is Benson. Benson. Benson, got no issues. So what Benson discovered is that actually it really does matter how I treat my wife. And I need to start figuring out what is it I need to do so that she can be satisfied or happy in in our mm-hmm. marriage, which then obviously the more happy she's feeling, that, that directly relates to his own happiness. Yeah. So uh, hopefully people won't take this... Um, analogy further than I mean it for. Oh, I hope they do. But, <laughs> but you know, men in general, uh, we like and take pride in um, trophies, right? So we. Oh yeah, this is definitely gonna go the wrong. 
Yeah, it's going to go horribly. But I, I don't mean it to take it that far. But so we find satisfaction, part of it, our satisfaction. Sort of in winning, succeeding. Yeah, succeeding. Which, by the way, guess what the most common core button or core relational fear of men is? Failure. Yeah. So then. So what's the opposite? Succeeding. Yeah. Yeah. So if if we are helping our spouse to succeed and then they are succeeding, then we will find joy in that because we yeah. feel like then we're winning. So that's hey. probably why it's doesn't necessarily reciprocate the other way around as well because in general, that's not a big button for women. Do I get any credit for your level of insights that you're now coming up with all on your own? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Because that was good. A solid 10%. Thank that you. Was it. <laughs> I'll take four. <laughs> It'd be more fair. <laughs> but that's a great insight is most men fear failing. Mm-hmm. My heavens, this guy didn't even talk about it in his article. We're doing it now yes. on Smalley Marriage Radio. But that is, dude, sad. It's so is that meta analysis? No. no. Okay. It's uh, insight. Okay. Uh, Street smarts. Yeah. I'll give you those. Dumb luck. So most, the majority of men fear failing. You know, I, I was having, I remember who I was having this conversation with, but it was about failure. And what's common with like Hall of Fame level athletes mm-hmm. you know your your tom brady's you know coach belichick uh i mean mike singletary uh, i got to, we got to know him as a family a little bit and steve largent's hall of fame receiver all of them to a t 100 of them hate failing more than they like winning mm. so men hate to fail they yeah. love to feel successful and that's what drives them so I think I think that's a very good insight is that the happy wife, happy life makes a lot of sense. When you mm-hmm. look at it in the terms of if my wife is satisfied and happy in life, that probably means I'm doing a good job. Yeah. And I'm winning. Yeah. I'm up like 34 points <laughs> in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I just hit the game winning three point field goal. All right. Well, I'm done. I got. Yeah. Right. I almost made another analogy that would have been taken very bad. So here's what Mr. Benson said that he started to do that really turned his relationship around and they've now, you know, been together 30 years. Happily married for much of that. Yeah. Because we all have our ups and downs. For sure. But she ended up not leaving him. And the three things he pointed out that I really liked, because this is what you have to do, right? So it's, it's, (sighs) loving well is action. It's, you know, what am I doing in this relationship? And that's what I feel is missing in a lot of them. Yeah. Is they don't think they need to do anything. And well, they couldn't be farther from the truth. But there's three big things. One is he said you have to have hope. Mm-hmm. So what would hope mean to you personally, Seth? Like when you hear have hope, like have hope in what? Oh, you just have an optimism of the future. Ah. Of things Things can change for the better. They're not always going to stay this way. Right. And I'm telling you, I cannot begin to stress enough how defeating it is for your thinking to be off in this area. Mm-hmm. Because if in your mind you're saying this is never going to get better, that that feeds the apathy. Yeah. So, I, man, I can't remember if there's something that we talked about or maybe another podcast I was listening to. Um, it was just talking about the power of kind of what you tell yourself in um, yeah. identity. And it was specifically talking the example of runners and people that run and saying, um, if you're someone who's like, like myself, who I will run pretty consistently, 
Um, but I never call myself a runner because I hate it. Like, I just hate running. I just know it's good for me and we exercise. Um, there is a success level difference to someone who would run the same amount if if all I do is start calling myself a runner. I'd be like, yeah, I'm a runner. Like, there's a success in um, your actual pace. There's a success in your consistency um, and reaching your goals. With the only thing change is not like my workout routine um, or – how often am I doing it? But just that mental shift. It's. I mean, they even sh- they they've found this in cancer survivors. There's a great book. I can't think of the name of the book, but what they found is for for people who get cancer and then they kind of hear right whatever it's going to be three months of treatment, four months of treatment, whatever it is, for the patients who start planning what they're going to do when they get through treatment and succeed. Mm-hmm. So like the guy going, all right, he calls up his four buddies. It's like, hey, in four months on whatever, you know, whatever the date, September 19th, mm-hmm. we're we're doing a guy's trip to Hilton Head to play golf. Yeah. Right. Or or a, a woman might have a different idea. But if for the patients that have the mindset, I am going to get through this and it is going to be cured and I'm going significantly higher success rates. Yeah than those who, when they hear the diagnosis, meltdown. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean anyone. Listen, if you go to the hospital and someone says you have cancer and we're going to have to treat it or you might not live, that, yes, you could melt down that day. But if you don't quickly change your mindset to this, I'm going to win, mm-hmm. I'm going to beat this thing, To as opposed to, oh, no, my life is over and I'm wrecked and I'm ruined and this is going right. to kill me. Well, it's probably going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And 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 the same is true. What we're finding in your relationship, yeah. So if you don't have hope, and if you don't think, you know, and that's where sometimes in our small institute marriage intensive program with couples who claim to be followers of Christ, I get totally lost when they have no hope. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a minute, how do you believe in a Creator who loves you? H- how can we ever land that this is impossible? Right. It's just not. It might feel it, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I have to have that that little, even the thinnest ray of hope. Right. I got to latch on to that, and funny enough, it'll build from there. Because hope is what uh, germinates into action. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it, ha- it, like, it has it's to be. It's a belief system. Mm-hmm. I know this is going to get better, so guess what you might start doing? I need to read. It's like what this guy did, what mm-hmm. Benson did. I need to read. We need to get into counseling. We need to go to that seminar. We need yeah. to take a vacation. We need to, I got to do things because if I, I hope it's going to get better. And so what am I going to be doing to help it get better? Right. And yeah. his number two uh, is from having hope Huge. is seek wise friends. Huge. Yeah. I thought that was so interesting. And it feels like this guy must be a believer. He may not be. He may not be. But that one of these three really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Seek wise friends. And you and I talk about this a lot on the importance of the community around you. Yes. And dude, we have all gone through junk. Mm-hmm. Amy and I have gone through junk, and you, Sean, have been there for us. Kim and Casey is another really tight part of our mm-hmm. group, and they've gone through junk, and we've been there for them. You and Shauna, I mean, to have wise people. But I think the key there is don't. It's not have a ton of friends around you. Right. But that's a shallow. Right. Like your group at the bar, or you know, at the whatever, the dance hall. I don't know what I'm saying. Now. <laughs> <laughs> the bowling alley. Yeah, the bowling alley. That's we're, it's a specific type of person because who makes a wise friend? 
Right. I would argue, like, I'll tell you this. It's the, and sometimes Amy, she'll, she in the past has called me judgmental mm-hmm. about this attitude I have towards friends. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, I'm not going to be close friends. I would be willing to be an acquaintance or maybe even a mentor. <laughs> but I'm not interested in having a friendship with someone that isn't healthy. And isn't tr- pursuing health. Right. You know, like a debauchered friend, mm-hmm. you know, who's just kind of always whatever. Always drinking. Always playing the field. Cheating so on his wife. over? Is yeah, <laughs> I was going to talk to you about after the show. I didn't want you to have to, you know, say that on air. But you know what I mean, though? It's yeah. like, I, I again, I'm not I'm not a judgment. I mean, I you, you've been a friend of mine for a while. Do, mm-hmm. I, do I seem like I'm a judgmental person? Yes. Wow. That's good. <laughs> That didn't work out quite as I hoped <laughs> right. it would. No, I, I do not feel that. No, and I, and I don't feel like it. I used to be when I was younger, but when I was 18, we won't get into the details. God, you know, smacked that right out of my system. Mm-hmm. And so I don't say I'm not going to be close friends with the person because I'm judging them. It's because I know that we become the company that we keep. Right. And so if I'm, I don't want, I don't, you know, I don't want to have someone who's close to me who's living a life that's contrary to what I believe is right or healthy. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I pursue wise friends. And for me, wise people are those who follow Christ and then desire growth. Mm-hmm. Are they willing to learn? Are they learners? Right. Are they engaged? Are they desiring a happy marriage? Do they have a happy marriage? Or mm-hmm. is it at least healthy? doesn't have to be. Again, it's not perfection. Right. And I also think... Within the the wise friends, um, I, I think you can you can narrow it down to specific wisdom in this case of relationships because like I have wise friends that are wise in in finance, right? And, and agriculture, wa- yes, <laughs> I, I do. Um, but in they're they're great, they're believers, um, and they definitely have a lot of wisdom to offer, but not necessarily. Um, the best for the relationship side of things. And hopefully in their wisdom, they would say that. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily go to them first. I would m- maybe go to those friends. That I know that uh, they are, they have this wisdom, but I also see it in their, in their marriage mm-hmm. and their relationships. Is that why you never come to Amy and I for advice? So number three, <laughs> <laughs> well, and the third one is something that I feel like as I'm reading and looking at research out there, uh, Dr. John Gottman talks about this a lot now. A lot of people are landing on this idea of being kind. Mm-hmm. That's his third mm-hmm. thing, is that he first, he had hope, he sought wise friends, and then he just started to be kind, right? Yeah. We have a show coming up mm-hmm. on thoughtfulness, which is just another word for kindness. And even when it comes down to conflict resolution, just being kind is a huge component of your ability to resolve conflict. Because mm-hmm. sometimes... I need to let go of the little things. Right. That's just being nice. It's like, yeah. you know what? She's been working a lot. She, you know, my wife's the women's pastor at our church and God bless her. She's still doing intensives every once, you know, about once or twice a month, which means she'll work Sunday to Thursday and then Friday and a Saturday. And so, yeah. Hey, if there's a time, which honestly I can't think of one right now, but if she was to be a little snappy with me Saturday evening or Sunday morning, she's tired. It's right. not a big deal. Yeah. She has the right to be tired. I mean, we, we don't have the right to dishonor people, 
So mm-hmm. I'm not talking about major, like, you know, I hate you and I hope you die kind of comment. <laughs> that would be really, yeah. you know. That'd be a separate conversation. I probably wouldn't let that one just lie. But, you know, just sometimes we're snippy mm-hmm. and things are off and it's really not that big of a deal. And just be kind. Yeah. What, what other kind of ways can we be kind with our spouse? Well, it's just, like you said, I mean. I, Serving. We, we Making d- the bed. Have another episode coming up that we actually recorded prior to this, so I feel like. I'm giving it away. But, yeah, you're just looking for ways to serve. Yeah. Well, how can you be? Well, and the show's going to be on thoughtfulness, and you guys don't want to miss it. I think it's a really it's good. good one on yeah. how to be thoughtful and what that does. But we all know what it means to be kind, and we've been hammered with that since um, we've been in grade school. It's like, you just you be kind. You know what are good words and not good words to use and how to um, how your tone of voice is portrayed. And you know what the hang-up is. It's hard to be kind if the other person isn't. I think right? that's where couples mm-hmm. will get in trouble. Agree. Is that, well, you're not being nice to me, so I'm not going to be nice to you. And so I get it. It's easier to be kind if we're both being kind. Like, sure. We feed off of that, and it's wonderful. But guess what? It's not always perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes things happen in life. Uh, tragedy or just hurt from other people or childhood wounds that we just haven't. Oh man, I had a precious pastor friend of mine mm-hmm. who had, I won't get into specifics, but he had this pretty bad meltdown with his, with one of their, their youngest, who's an adopted child. And the kid, uh, the kid did something to him and he just exploded. I mean, bad. Started yelling at the kid, yelling at, my, you know, everyone's yeah. like, what's going on? He's like, everyone get out. <laughs> oh. And what I loved about him, which this is someone that I'm becoming friends with, mm-hmm. is his willingness to kind of go there, to go like, what did happen? Like, mm-hmm. that's not me. And what he realized is this little two-year-old kid did something that a stepfather of his would do to him when he was a little guy. Mm. And it, you know, it just brought, and he hadn't really dealt with that. Yeah. He hadn't really had healing. So when it happened, he just lost his mind because it brought mm-hmm. him back to that place. Mm-hmm. And so just be kind and, and figure, you know, and you know, it'd be a cool thing that they could do, the listener. Mm-hmm. Tell is me more. Ask your spouse, hey, what would be some kind things that I could be doing more for you? And yeah. just asking the question is being kind. Yeah. And just watch what happens. Watch how this impacts your relationship in a positive way. So you can hang in there. The research shows if you just hang in there, years later, you actually end up being happy. Yep. Just have hope. Seek wise friends. Be kind. Amen. And if you're wanting some immediate hope today, download our Reignite Your Marriage app. That is what you want to search, and we have direct links to the app, uh, to iTunes, Google Play, Windows Phone, Amazon App Store, so you can go to this very podcast episode and click on one of those links. The app is free, and it has some really good tools to help you resolve conflict. There's the love list, our podcast. All of that stuff is on there. Mm -hmm. And then if you're wanting maybe something a little more in-depth, then head on over to smalleyinstitute.com and check out our online library of courses. So we've taken all of our very best videos and converted them for an online platform. And they're really cool. So check those out as well. 
And then, Seth, if the folks like the show or even if they hate us, what can they do? They can let us know. They can leave a review on iTunes. And that's shameless. Like, we don't even feel embarrassed begging for reviews. Mm-mm, we don't. I wish there was a way we could reward people for giving a review. Yeah. Maybe you should look into that. You're the producer. Okay. I'll look into it. Seth's going to look into it. Well, Smalley Marriage Radio is brought to you by the Smalley Institute. If your marriage is on life support, reignite your relationship in only two days. You can find out more online at smalleyinstitute.com or call us toll-free at 888-565-6462. How do you feel about your office? Is it just a space for employees to work, or is it a space where your employees do their best work? From new HQs to satellite offices, with WeWork, you can find a space that works for you. Visit we.co slash space matters to learn more. Find out what's inside that church. From producer J.J. Abrams, critics are calling Overlord a thrilling combination of action and horror. And now it's 93% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Overlord, rated R, in theaters and IMAX November 9th, directed by Julia Savory.